Welcome back to Bankruptcy 101. I am your host, bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft, and this is a podcast where I give you some of the basics about filing bankruptcy to help you better understand how that process works and hopefully help you avoid some of the pitfalls that can come along with it. On this episode, we are going to be talking more about bankruptcy and divorce. So very few areas of the law intersect with one another as much as bankruptcy and divorce do. And the truth is we could sit and spend hours and hours on this subject and not cover everything. So we will get through some of the most basic concerns and things that come up when those two areas of law interplay with one another. Why the intersection of these two areas of law? I mean, what is it that makes these come up together so often? You got to ask yourself this question first. Are there money problems that are causing the divorce or are there marital problems that are causing the money problems? And either way, in any one of those scenarios, both can lead to a bankruptcy and or divorce pretty quick. So in this episode, we'll be talking about how those two areas of law can affect one another and more importantly, how they affect the parties that are involved. So let's operate from this general scenario. Let's say we've got a couple who's married, spouse one and spouse two. They've been married for some years and during the course of this marriage, they've acquired some assets. They've got a home, they've got cars, they've got furniture and other assets. But at the same time, we're going to assume that they've also acquired some debt together. Now we're at a point where the marriage is irreconcilable and they're going to split up and it's likely that a bankruptcy is coming for at least one of the parties, if not both. So the first thing we want to talk about in this kind of a scenario is the timing of the bankruptcy. Do we file a joint bankruptcy for both of them now or do we get the divorce and then file separate bankruptcies? And the answer to that question really depends on how well you're getting along. I mean, can the two of you sit down together in the same room and get along well enough to get through a bankruptcy, to sign the paperwork, to agree on what happens with the assets? Can you do that? If you can be cordial and civil to one another, you may be able to get this thing done ahead of time before the divorce. And that is usually the best case scenario, if you can do it. And here's why. First of all, you're going to save a lot of money. You're only going to have to pay one attorney, one set of filing fees to the court, and all of those things that come along with it, if you can just do one joint case. Second, if you get rid of a lot of that debt that the two of you have together, it can make settling your divorce much, much easier. Because you're not now forced to decide who's going to pay some of the debt. Who's going to pay this credit card or who's going to pay that credit card? And maybe there's more owed on one card than another and it doesn't seem fair. Well, if you can do the, the bankruptcy ahead of time and resolve all those issues, it can make the divorce much, much smoother. So if you can't do that, if you can't sit down together in the same room and get through a joint bankruptcy, then you're going to each need your own attorney. And now you're going to have two separate cases, which means you've doubled your price. And if that's the case, you really don't have to wait until the divorce is filed. You can file the bankruptcy before or after the divorce is filed. It just depends on a lot of factors. And vice versa, you can file the divorce in the middle of the bankruptcy. You may not be able to divide up your assets, but you can bifurcate your divorce. Now, that just means that you're going to go into the divorce court and ask the judge to enter an order ending the marriage, but you'll reserve the division of those assets for a later date. So you can do that. 
Now, there's advantages and disadvantages in that decision. So you need to make sure you consult with your bankruptcy attorney before you do anything. And in addition to that, it can be extremely helpful if you put your divorce attorney in touch with your bankruptcy attorney so the two of them together can strategize what is best for you and how the divorce should look. Okay, well now let's say that the divorce has been finalized. There's a decree that has been entered. It divides up the assets and the debts. It awards child support or alimony and and other things. You think you've got a final decree in place. But you need to know that may not be as final as you think if you or your ex files a bankruptcy within a year or two of that divorce. So let's talk about what this looks like, first of all, in a chapter seven, and then what it looks like in a chapter 13. In a chapter seven, it may not matter as much if the divorce was filed a long time ago. So if we're talking about years and years ago, the trustee in a chapter seven probably isn't going to care that much or want to know much more about it. They know that the assets were divided a long time ago. There's not much they can do. So it probably isn't going to be a real issue. But if this divorce was fairly recent, especially if it was within the last two years, the trustee is likely going to want to see that divorce decree. And this is especially true if there were significant assets that the two of you divided up in the divorce. If you decided who was going to get pieces of real estate, uh, cars, retirement accounts, those kinds of assets, a trustee is going to be very interested in that case. And so you'll have to provide more information. So why is it that the Chapter 7 trustee is so interested in a recent divorce? And why do they care how things were split up? Well, this is what the trustee is looking for. First of all, the trustee is going to want to see if there was an equitable division of the assets in the divorce. Was everything divided up evenly and fairly between the parties? What if it wasn't fair? Well, the trustee has what's called avoidance powers. And technically speaking, the trustee in a chapter seven can go after the former spouse to undo some of those transfers that were done in the divorce, arguing that it wasn't fair, it wasn't equitable. So that's something to be aware of. And you want to make sure in getting these divorce decrees in place that things are fair and equitable, or it can create a problem later if one of the parties files a Chapter 7. One of the other things that a Chapter 7 trustee will look for is whether this divorce is what they call a sham divorce. And I'll give you an example of this. Let's say the parties are married. One of them acquires a lot of debt and they want to get out of that debt but the couple owns a lot of assets and they don't want to lose those assets. So they go in and they get a divorce and the party that has all this debt just gives everything, all of the assets to the other party and walks away saying, well, you know, I'm divorced. Well, a chapter seven trustee is going to look into that and make a determination as to whether this is a sham divorce. Was it done specifically with the intent to deprive creditors of getting to some of the assets. And I have actually litigated one of these issues uh, one time in one, one case that I had where my client uh, was accused of having a sham divorce. What happened in that case is that the trustee did some investigating, found out that uh, my client was still staying at the house with his former wife and his family, uh, did some research, found all kinds of Facebook posts where the two of them had been on vacation together alone, been on vacation with the family, 
And it appeared that they were still living as a married couple, but my client was trying to get out of all of this debt. And so the trustee alleged that there was a sham divorce there. We had to litigate that. And at the end of the day, it, uh, it was a fairly expensive litigation. We still maintained that it was a legitimate divorce and we had evidence in our favor, but there was also evidence against that. So we ended up having to settle that and it was really the, the former spouse, my client's former wife, that had to come up with money to settle that with a Chapter 7 trustee. So be advised, getting a divorce just to avoid the debt may not work for you. Uh, it can be investigated and it may not pan out so well like you're planned. All right, the next thing a Chapter 7 trustee might be looking at is whether the two parties have completed all of the division of their assets. And basically, it comes down to this rule. You need to think about this. If you were supposed to get something or give something as part of a divorce decree, do it before you file that bankruptcy. If you fail to do that, it can open up a huge can of worms if you or your ex-spouse ends up filing a bankruptcy later on. So if you're supposed to give something to your ex, give it now. If you're supposed to get something from the ex, get it now. We don't want those open-ended transfers to be happening after a bankruptcy is filed. So make sure you comply with your divorce decree before you file the bankruptcy, and it'll save you a lot of problems in the long run. Okay, those are some of the more common issues that come up in a Chapter 7 when there's a divorce involved. So let's now talk about what happens in a Chapter 13 when there's a divorce. Now, there are not as many issues that arise in a Chapter 13 when there's a divorce because if you remember from some of our prior episodes, Chapter 13 is a repayment plan. There isn't a trustee that's out there trying to take stuff from you and liquidate your assets to pay your creditors. It's just you trying to pay money back. So we don't get quite as many issues arising in a Chapter 13. Now, the main issue that will arise with divorce in a Chapter 13 is the discharge of certain types of debt. When the bankruptcy code was amended back in 2005, it carved out a really unique provision of the law that allows parties to discharge certain types of debt in a Chapter 13 that you couldn't otherwise discharge in a chapter seven. Now, we are not talking here about alimony, child support, or other maintenance, um, otherwise known as domestic support obligations. You're not gonna get out of those debts. But let me give you an example of what we are talking about. So during the marriage, both parties acquire a bunch of credit card debt or medical bills, or they borrow money from one of their sets of parents, whatever it is. They end up getting a divorce, and the divorce decree specifies who's going to pay each one of those debts. Well, if you file a Chapter 7, you're stuck with whatever debt was assigned to you in the divorce decree. You're not likely getting out of that. But if you file a Chapter 13 and you complete your Chapter 13 plan under normal conditions and get a normal discharge then you will likely be discharged from any of those debts that you were ordered to pay in the divorce, as long as they aren't domestic support obligations. So in your divorce, if you were ordered to pay a credit card and you file a chapter 13, you can complete that chapter 13 and not have to comply with the divorce decree and pay that debt back. Now, if this happens, 
you need to be prepared because your ex is going to be fighting mad about this because often it means your ex has to take on those debts. But there's really nothing that they can do about it. They can't drag you back into the divorce court and hold you in contempt because bankruptcy is federal law and it's going to trump any state divorce decree. All right, one of the other issues that arises in Chapter 13 is the fact that you have to pay back any of those past due DSOs, domestic support obligations, and you have to do it during the course of your Chapter 13 plan. So if you have a huge past due child support or alimony payment, uh, you've fallen way behind and you do a Chapter 13, you need to be prepared to have a much higher Chapter 13 plan payment. And I'll give you an example. Let's say that you are past due on child support by $20,000 at the time that you file your Chapter 13. Well, that has to be paid back, that $20,000, during your Chapter 13 plan. And that just increased your plan payment by over $333 a month if you're in a 60-month plan because the law states that it has to be paid back during the course of your Chapter 13. Now, another issue that's similar to that is the fact that you have to also stay current on your domestic support obligations while you're in your Chapter 13 plan. You're not going to be granted a discharge at the end of your plan if you have an outstanding balance to the holder of that DSO, to your ex or whoever you owe. And whomever you owe that DSO to is going to get notice of your bankruptcy and notice when you've completed your plan. So if you're not current, they can really hold up your discharge and cause a problem for you. So if you're in this Chapter 13, making your bankruptcy payment every month faithfully, but not your child support or alimony payments or other maintenance payments, you may not be able to get a discharge at all. And what a waste that will have been for you to be in this bankruptcy for the past three to five years if at the end of it you're not getting a discharge. So stay current on your domestic support obligations while you are in your Chapter 13 plan. All right, the final issue we'll talk about with divorce in Chapter 13 is this scenario. What happens when a couple is already in the middle of a Chapter 13 and then they decide to divorce? Well, if both parties want to stay in that Chapter 13, someone is still going to have to make that Chapter 13 payment. And it's generally a good idea to have that in your divorce decree. You can specify that each person will make half the payment if you want, but that really usually just becomes problematic. In my opinion, much, much easier if in your divorce decree it specifies one party making the full payment to the Chapter 13 trustee. Now, you got to know the bankruptcy court does not care what the divorce decree says. The bankruptcy court is expecting that payment to be made each month, and they don't care how it's split up or who's supposed to be paying it. They just care that it gets paid. If it doesn't, then the case could likely get dismissed. You won't be able to come into the bankruptcy court later and say, oh, my spouse was supposed to pay that. My ex-spouse was supposed to pay that. It's in the divorce decree that they make the payment. The bankruptcy court is not going to care because in the Chapter 13 bankruptcy, both parties are responsible for that full payment. So what happens if your ex doesn't make the payment and the case ends up getting dismissed? Well, now you're back at square one dealing with all of your creditors. And you may have been in this Chapter 13 for several years, making payments for all these years, all for nothing. Well, if that happens 
You aren't going to get a lot of help from the bankruptcy court because they're not going to do anything about it, but you may be able to go back into the divorce court and have your ex held in contempt for not complying with the divorce decree, which specified they make the payment. And there are a lot of things the divorce court can do to punish your ex for that. So don't be afraid to speak to your divorce attorney, your bankruptcy attorney, if that happens, and find out uh, what repercussions there are if the uh, other spouse does not make that payment to the Chapter 13 trustee. Now, another, another option you may have and you may want to consider if you're in a 13 and suddenly getting a divorce is a possible conversion of your case to a Chapter 7. This might be possible for both parties to do it, or maybe it's just possible or reasonable for one party to do it, but it is definitely something to be considered. There are a lot of factors that go into whether you can convert your case to a Chapter 7, so you will definitely want to meet with your bankruptcy attorney in that regards to see if you qualify for converting to a Chapter 7. The final thing that I'm going to tell you about in this kind of a situation is that when there's a divorce involved and you're in the middle of a bankruptcy, you are probably both going to need to get separate attorneys in order to move forward. And the reason for that is that the divorce just may have created a conflict of interest for your attorney that you've both been working with. You may want to call and talk to your bankruptcy attorney about what's going on and you don't want your spouse or your ex-spouse to know what you're talking about. Well, you have to realize your attorney is still representing both of you and that attorney can't keep any information or any secrets from the other person as long as that's the case. So in a situation where you are in an open bankruptcy, whether it's a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 13, you may be able to waive that conflict of interest, but otherwise you'll each need to get your own new bankruptcy attorney to help you finish up your current bankruptcy case. Well, that's about all the time we have in this episode to talk about divorce and bankruptcy. Again, there are a lot of other issues we could talk about, and that's why it's imperative that you get advice from both your bankruptcy attorney and your divorce attorney before you pull the trigger on either one of those and make any decisions that will really negatively affect your bankruptcy or your divorce. Well, thank you for joining us on this podcast once again. If you have any more questions about bankruptcy and divorce and how those two interplay, I encourage you to reach out to an attorney in your area. If you're in the state of Utah, please reach out to me. I'm bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft and your host of Bankruptcy 101.